0: Hello and welcome to The Second Innings, the new podcast for all things over 50s cricket. My name is Jim Morrison and I'll be joining you on this little stroll around the boundary as we chat about what's going on in the world of over 50s cricket. In each episode we'll meet an interesting character from a different part of the world. With a dozen teams now involved in over 50s cricket, the format pretty much spans the cricketing world, so we should be able to get some really interesting perspectives from players and organisers all around the globe. For each guest, we'll find out a bit about their story, what got them into over-50s cricket, what they love about it, their high points and low points, and some of the characters of the game. We'll chat about the past, the present, and the future of this format of cricket. So, as the umpires call us back onto the field, let's get started with the second innings. On today's show, I'm delighted to have as my guest the man behind the 2020 Over 50s World Cup, Roger Malt. Roger is a former provincial player in South Africa. He brought the South African team to the 2018 World Cup and loved it so much that he offered to organise the 2020 edition, which he did with extraordinary competence before the tournament was sadly cut short due to COVID-19. Undaunted by all that, Roger volunteered to do it all again as soon as the global situation allows. He's also a member of the World Over 50s Steering Committee and also started up Veterans Cricket South Africa for good measure. Uh, Roger Malt, welcome to the second innings.
1: Thank you very much, Jim. Uh, Good to be with you and good to be with everybody.
0: So, Roger, um, where did your awareness of and passion for over 50s uh, cricket begin? Uh, Very interesting uh, question Jim Uh, it was actually in 2016 when uh, a certain Mr. Sterling Hammond
1: actually uh, was touring South Africa with his Australian over 60s team and he was playing against my club side Cape Town Cricket Club after we would had a a couple of beers and, and, and something to eat and he said to me, Roger, you've got to start an over 50s or a veterans league uh, in South Africa. And what I'd like you to do is gear yourself up for the over 50s World Cup, which is going to be happening in Sydney in 2018. Well, I didn't really think too much of it at the time because uh, you know we we didn't have any veterans or any over 50s cricket in South Africa.
0: But as as I was you know, I started investigating uh, more into it. I realised how far behind we were um, when it came to uh, uh, United Kingdom,
1: Pakistan, Australia, New Zealand. Everybody was playing over fifties cricket uh, or veterans cricket, and and we hadn't, you know, we hadn't continued to do that in South Africa. So we had no structure whatsoever. And uh, it was in 2016 that we started gearing up for the 2018
0: World Cup. So from, from that beginning, you, you actually did an amazing job bringing a South African team to the 2018 World Cup. Uh, you had a lot of obstacles to overcome. Uh, and despite those obstacles, your squad included, I think, about 10 or 11 guys who had played first-class cricket. And, you know, on paper, you could have been one of the favoured teams... Uh, but the team struggled on the field in terms of results and injuries what uh, what sort of main lessons did you learn from that from that trip in that tournament
1: well I think the key message the key learning on that uh, tournament was fitness uh, we all thought that you know most of our guys that played first- class cricket or, or at least a, a decent level of cricket um, and uh many of them were park run fit or cycling fit or gym fit but to play 45 overs on fields that we came across in australia which we'd never seen as big as some of the, those fields that we played on uh made us realize afterwards that or after the first game that fitness was going to play a key role in the success of our our journey to the 2018 World Cup. We uh, we, we, we learned a lot in terms of, of what we needed to do in order to prepare for the future and ensure that we we uh, we were more competitive in the uh, in, in, in future um, cricket World Cups. Not only on the fitness level, but on the um, application in terms of ensuring that our players were playing more regularly. Um, And it made us realize that we actually needed a a proper structure in South Africa in order to compete, um, you know, on a a level footing in the future.
0: And at at the end of that tournament, you personally uh, made a rather bold offer to host the next World Cup, uh, which would take place in March of 2020. What on earth inspired you to take on such a mammoth task? Yeah, you know, we, we had eight teams in, in
1: 2018 in Sydney, and we then pushed it up to, to 12 in, in Cape Town for 2020. I'm not sure what, uh, what, what inspired me to, to, to suggest to Sterling uh, um, and to you that, you know, we, we come to Cape Town. But it just felt right that the next World Cup needed to come to, to South Africa. Um, it was 2020, it was a significant year um, and we felt that we were, we had the resources here both on the fields, so both field side and the venues. Uh, we had a great place in Cape Town, uh, we had great people and um, and we just thought that it would be ideal to actually encourage everybody to come to Cape Town in 2020. Obviously the Rand dollar exchange or Rand um, the exchange was obviously in, a, in everybody else's favor so it, it worked in in terms of there was, was it was hard work initially to get everybody to agree to for, so that we could host it in Town, it wasn't just a you know a, um, you know an accepted fact we had to make the, the presentation to to the committee um, and then um, the in, at the function at the end of 2018 World we'll cup you know, we, we made some bold statements there about making sure that when you come to Cape Town that uh, we will have a medical team for every single one of the, the teams playing in the, in the World Cup in 2020. So it, was, it was hard work, but we managed to, to succeed in getting everybody to Cape Town.
0: Sure did. And um, I mean, as you know better than anyone, organizing a tournament like that is a hell of a lot of work. Did you, did you enjoy the actual process of organising the tournament? We had, a, we had a very good committee who had all been to the 2018 World Cup. So we had experienced what had happened in the World Cup in 2018 in Sydney. And so it was fairly, um, uh, fairly, not easy, but it certainly was easier because we had the, had the experience. Um, in terms of enjoyment, it was an incredible experience um,
1: to, to prepare and, and gear up for the, for the World Cup. And what made it even better was that we were able to engage with, with our sponsors, Everything Lifestyle, and, uh, and as soon as they came on board, they, they sort of changed the whole the mindset of of what we were going to do and how we were going to do it. Um, so I must take my hat off to to our sponsors been last time because without them, it would have been a, 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 a more of a challenge. But we all enjoyed it.
0: Excellent. As did everyone else who was there, of course. Um, at the same time that you were organising the World Cup itself, kind of in, in parallel to that, you were also assembling a a new look and. A much stronger South African side to play, uh, which included the likes of Jonty Rhodes, although he had to withdraw, uh, Alan Dawson, Dave Callahan, Louis Kern, Alan Donald as coach, and a bunch of other big names. Um, and it's often easy to get famous ex-players to play in celebrity events when you have a lot of cash to throw around. But how did you go about getting those guys to commit to playing in a two-week tournament that's self-funded and required them to train, get fit, play regular games, etc.
1: It was was so important for us initially to engage with Cricket South Africa because as you know the team that we we took to Australia in 2018 was not a representative team. It was a team of of individuals that we had put together Uh, who had the time and the opportunity and the money and the financial means to actually go over it was not a representative team we didn't have the backing of Cricket South Africa and that in, in the lead up to the 2020 World Cup we engaged with Cricket South Africa it was actually a friend of mine in East and Cape uh, Greg Hayes um, who worked for the Cricket South Africa who said to us well, do the one thing you have to do is to ensure that you align yourself with the national structure and it took got to that we eventually got recognition by Cricket South Africa and uh, the we established the Veterans Cricket Association of South Africa, which is now an ancillary member of Cricket South Africa. Um, and at the same time, we were able to to uh, uh, um, ensure that a team that was selected, in this case, um, to represent South Africa at the 2020 World Cup would be known as the Proteus Veterans, as opposed to just... A team of of uh, over fifties cricketers that we took in 2018. As much as I must admire the guys that that we took over in 2018, um, they were really the pioneers of veterans cricket in South Africa. But we got the approval from Cricket South Africa to actually give national colours to to the players that were going to represent uh, the nation at the World Cup. And and it was was interesting because we were able to select a a team of of players that had in the past had not been able to um, represent South Africa because of the apartheid era. Um, And there were were players that had represented South Africa and were potentially going to represent them once again. It was an incredible honor to to identify and find players countrywide. That were prepared to actually put their names up and put hands up and 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 go to practices, go to trials, and and eventually, you know, with the help of our our um, convener of selectors, Steve Borthen himself, a, um, a former Proteas wicketkeeper, um, who, had, who was not 50 yet, so he couldn't, he wasn't eligible. Um, him and his team of selectors were able to. A team of, of some with some big names and, and some not so big names, um, but to have Alan Donald as the coach um, and people like David Callan uh, uh, as, the, as the captain, Alan Dawson, etc., as you say, um, it was just incredible that we could put that sort of team together for for the
0: World Cup. Mm. And I think um, perhaps the best match of the 2020 World Cup, even though it was a truncated tournament, was uh, was the one that South Africa played against England, and um, just to recap what happened in that game, for people who don't know, England were cruising to victory, they needed 33 from 9 overs and they had 6 wickets in hand, um, but they then lost a bunch of wickets and it came down to the last over, bowled by Alan Dawson, former international player, with England needing six runs and two wickets left then uh, came down to the last ball with four needed and dawson bowled the english number 11 but it was a no ball so then england had a free uh, another chance with a free hit but they couldn't hit the last one and south africa won by two runs you know it was, it was an amazing game and you can watch the uh, you can watch the last couple of overs on on our youtube channel so i mean putting your south african cap on and also your tournament organizer cap on How good was that match to watch, especially considering how far South Africa had come since Sydney in 2018? Well, I think
1: that match put over-50s cricket in South Africa on the map. I can honestly say that that day people realised, you know what, over-50s cricket, there's something something about over-50s cricket. Graham Smith, former South African captain, Gary Kirsten were both there watching the game. They could not believe the level, the standard of cricket that was being played at that that match. And included in that were 3,000 people that had popped in during the course of the day to actually watch the match. So much so that the last 10 overs or so, there was a Mexican wave going around (laughs) around the field. I don't think there had ever been so many people at the Jacques Callas Oval at the Weinberg High School. But I have, to, I have to also say that that was the day that we, we had matches played at, at a whole lot of schools around, around the Cape Town. And uh, every single one of the schools went to another level to accommodate the teams and to provide the facilities and to look after everybody. Um, which made it a very special day for all the teams. One thing I remember about one, the Weinberg um, Boys Eye game the England and, and uh, South Africa game was that the Weinberg headmaster Yanni Duval had actually uh, organised for the orchestra to to play the national anthems and that was so special at the beginning of that game I think it set the tone
0: for the day I just think we were, it was incredible finish as you say um and uh, I, I do honestly believe that that day put over 50s cricket on the map in South Africa. Yeah, for sure. And and not just in South Africa, but, uh, you know, it did get a lot of uh, exposure and coverage elsewhere as well. And the, the 2020 World Cup, you know, was an unforgettable experience for everyone who was there, mainly in good ways, but there were, of course, some negatives, most notably the cancellation of the tournament. What are your abiding memories of the tournament, both positive and negative? Well,
1: everything was positive, except for the last day, of course. Um, you know, I think the, uh, the opening ceremony at the Lagoon Beach Hotel was an, a wonderful experience. You know, having our five ambassadors there, Graham Pollock, my proctor, Barry Richards, Dave Richardson, and Omar Henry, speaking to people, engaging with people, not only at that um at that function but also later on in the tournament as well so I, I, I do think that the camaraderie that was displayed that night um, the night before we had played our first game was a was a really special time for, for, for me the England South African game to me was also a particularly special day but the I have to say the 15th of March Sunday the 15th of March which was our which was our last day, and you, myself, and our medical team, the sponsors, our local organising committee representatives, and a few other people, all in that small room in at Lundqa Cricket Club on the day that we, uh, we had to make the decision, and at uh, that's... <laughs> At that stage, no one knew what a mask was. We sat with probably 20 people in one little room there and discussed what the next steps would be, and, and quite rightly so, based on the information that we received from our, in, our medical director, Dr. Parad Pandya, who, who had been an inspiration and support to us as, a, as an organizing committee, not only during the tournament, but prior to it, when we were considering whether we should continue with the, the tournament um, prior to prior to starting. But for us, I think, and and Jamal comes to forget you as well, because we we all had our roles to play, and we all had to go to the various to one of the venues and and go and tell the teams that not only are we going to cancel the tournament, but you had to stop immediately. And I remember. That you off at Cape Town Cricket Club, and you had to go to the New Zealand game, the New Zealand Zimbabwe game. And I went on to Claremont, and I and, and Pakistan had just scored well over 300 runs against Wales. And I remember having to speak to them and say, This is a situation, and we have to stop, and we have to stop now. Uh, uh, it will stay with me for for many 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 years that day but it was a good decision because we had to get 350 people back home and that day that afternoon gave them time to start organising their 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 way back to their respective countries and I think that stays with me the most is that we were able to get 350 people back today their, to their home countries, and we were left with three of three Sri Lankan uh, uh, players and managers in Cape Town who stayed for four months uh, at, at an apartment in Cape Town. It, it, we became very good friends, and I wouldn't say that's my abiding memory, but it was a special time, you know, engaging with them and ensuring that they were comfortable um being away from Colombo and Sri Lanka for that length of time from their families in a in a very traumatic and very different um world that we were living in at the time was quite um quite something. But incredible tournament even though it only lasted for two and a half days. Coming I mean, two and a half matches, sorry.
0: Yeah, sure was. Um let's just maybe finish on maybe a more positive note, <laughs> although the tournament was extremely positive overall, and just focus quickly on the, the present and the future of South African over 50s cricket. How much over 50s cricket is there in South Africa now? How many players roughly do you have and what do you have lined up for this upcoming season and yeah. and on?
1: Veterans cricket is, is the fastest growing section of cricket cricket South Africa together with ladies' uh, women's cricket um we have close on a thousand over 40s which we call we refer to veterans playing in nine different leagues starting next month in october uh nine different leagues around the country um the three that have been well established is uh, the counting or the lions the border and, and the western cape but we've, we've had a, a wonderful response from the other regions to put together leagues to ensure that the players that are, are are going to be considered for World Cups in the future uh, are players that are playing regularly in the leagues. Out of that 1,000, we've got, I would say, close to 200, maybe 250 over-50s cricketers uh, who are playing in the over-40s leagues, and these leagues are T20s, they're not 45 over-leagues. Um, out of that, that group, um, each of the regions has uh, their own regional na- uh, selection panel of their own select, uh, their, their selectors together with the national selectors who will, will put together a team or squad to play in the world cup next year. But we will be having in, in May, 2022, we'll be having an interprovincial over 50s, uh, tournament between the nine uh, regions. Uh, which will be played at the Wanderers in, in Johannesburg in May uh, with the final being played at the Ring at the Wanderers Stadium um, then immediately after that a, um, a team or, or squad of players will be selected which will then attend the High Performance Centre in Pretoria Cricket South Africa High Performance Centre and from that from a fitness point of view from a cricketing skills, technical the final sixteen for the over fifties World Cup in November will be chosen, and I the what what we're trying to do is to also from an, an international point of view is to try and revisit our our intended goal to play against Zimbabwe and Nam- Namibia. We'll hopefully we'll be able to do that next year before the World Cup, so we can get some international experience. Um, but I think the good news for us is that. As, as Corvus Bedeckist from Evergreen Lifestyle said at the end of the, of the World Cup uh, in 2020, he said, We will be back. We'll support you in, at, in the 2022 World Cup. So, Evergreen Lifestyle has committed to being the main and title sponsor of, of next year's uh, World Cup. And so, everything was going particularly well as far
0: as over 50s and veterans cricket is concerned in South Africa. Fantastic. Well, Roger, thanks very much for your time and giving us a bit of insight into uh, your experiences and the state of South African uh, over-50s cricket. So, Roger, thank you very much. Thank you, gentlemen. All the best. Keep well. And that brings the second innings to a close for today. If you're interested in finding out more about Over 50s Cricket, you can do so on our Facebook. Just search for World Over 50s Cricket. On Twitter, where the handle is at Over 50s C. And also on our YouTube channel. Again, you can just search on YouTube for our World Over 50s Cricket. And we'll see you next time on the second innings. Bye for now.